Everybody's Talking with T, the talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage the community is on. Hello, friends. You're tuned in to the latest edition of Talking with T, where we hit the roof with the truth and the floor with much more of what you need to know to stay engaged, educated, empowered, and of course, entertained. This is Tanisha Baker, and I'm excited as always to bring you the latest in trending news, hot topics, and more. Today is March 13th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mate, rapper slash poet, Common. On this date in history, John Lee, the first black commissioned officer in the U.S. Navy, is assigned to duty. On this date in 1932, was the publication of the first black daily newspaper, the Atlanta Daily World, founded by William A. Scott III. Today on the national calendar is recognized as National Good Samaritan Day, and I challenge you to do something nice for someone that you don't know. It is also National Napping Day in honor of Daylight Savings Time, which hit our clocks yesterday. Remember that March is Women's History Month. The list of women that have made contributions to our country and our world through their intellect in science, politics, medicine, education, technology, the arts, music, and activism is tremendous. Today, I would like to highlight one of my favorites, Maya Angelou, poet extraordinaire and civil rights activist. You may shoot me with your words, you may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still, like Anne, I rise. I am such a fan of these words and many others she blessed us with through her death, insights, intelligence, creativity, and spirit. As we are entering into the spring season, our theme this month is Spring Into Action. You are encouraged to just jump in with both feet and do something. Make some movement on your mission and go after your goals. The time is now to work toward your dreams. So Spring Into Action. Now it's time for our happy highlights. I'm excited about reports that five HBCUs are joining together for a $1.5 million black male teacher training initiative. The initiative will recruit and train black males to serve as secondary teachers in underserved cities. The grant was awarded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation. The schools involved include Southern University, Tuskegee University, the University of Arkansas at Juan Buff, Alcorn State University, and Claflin University. The program will support development, mentoring, and skill training for black males beginning in their junior year of high school to foster interest and talent in secondary teaching career paths. I think this is an absolutely excellent idea I hope that the program has as much impact as it has the potential to have on education, particularly as it relates to our young boys of color. Walmart gives a $20,000 grant to the Urban League of Greater Chattanooga for the Urban Youth Empowerment Program 
designed to help those between the ages of 14 and 24 with employment skills. Also, approval for construction of the International African American Museum to be built on the Charleston waterfront was unanimously approved from their city board. There are still some fundraising efforts that need to take place to secure the estimated $75 million project. And now, let's turn our attention to the tipping, not tripping, tips from Tarika. Hello, this week's tip is balancing time for yourself and for your child or children. Um, you usually see either it's one end of the spectrum or the other end of the spectrum. You either have a person who's just all into themselves or a parent or parents all into themselves and they really don't do too much with the kids if it doesn't have anything to do with them. Or you either have parents who neglect themselves, rarely do things for themselves and just do everything with the kids. But I think it's good that... um for us to balance our time and just kind of be more intentional about our planning. And if we're going to spend time with our kids, it's actually spending time with our kids, not just taking them along shopping because they're not interested in shopping too much unless it's something for them. And as we all know, when they get their stuff, they're ready to go. I've been guilty of that. I'll take my child with me and thinking that we're spending time and then I look over and he is bored to death or he is sitting there with his phone. So I think just about being more intentional about what kind of time we are spending with our kids. Um, that That's one thing that we have to balance out. Uh, truly get away from the social media, get away from the phone while you are with them. If you don't go on a date with them or if you are going to um, take them to the mountains or take them somewhere, I mean, truly spend time not looking at your phone, not scrolling through the phone not looking at the iPad or whatever. I think we just need to make sure that we are giving them their time. Also, just making time for ourselves. Let's check out our Monday Minute Quick Bits. Johnny Sledge of the group Sister Sledge, most famous for their hit, We Are Family, has died at the age of 60 years old from unknown causes. Floyd Mayweather, says he is coming out of retirement to fight Conor McGregor with a few stipulations. Mayweather won't walk into the ring first. He won't be second on the billboard. And of course, he has to have the majority of the purse that's on the table for this big fight. In the news also related to Mayweather, his car was torched at a hotel in England where he is on a publicity tour. Whoever did it, smashed out the window, poured some sort of accelerant inside before setting it on fire. The suspect is still unknown. Last week, we talked about the troubles of Chris Brown. And this week, his ex-girlfriend faces the judge as she states a restraining order for her is a matter of life or death. Also, it is reported that the LAPD wants to sit down with Brown and talk about the numerous complaints regarding him and his home, in which neighbors have called about things like reckless driving, drugs, noise, and assaults. Maryland has become the fifth state to challenge Trump's travel ban against Muslims. 
states are attempting to block the Trump administration's revised Muslim ban. And while I'm on the topic of Trump, this past Friday, the Trump administration requested the immediate resignation of 46 of the U.S. attorneys under President Obama's administration. This abrupt firing, as reported by TheRoot.com, was evidently a surprise. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back. You're tuned in to Talking With T. Let's go back in time. When you and I were uncomplicated Let's go back in time Before I felt what I felt when you did what you did that night Once upon, upon a time I thought you were the man in my mind But oh But our hearts lead the way blindly
Well, I am delighted to have the know-it-all Professor Jay with me as we review trending news. So I'm going to start with uh, some reports recently surfacing in the news where a filmmaker was able to get some unreleased surveillance footage from the store that Michael Brown was in before his fatal encounter with the police. Jason Pollock created the documentary titled Stranger Fruit, which told the story of Michael Brown from his family's perspective. And the reason I'm bringing this up and the documentary, because a part of it shows that Brown went into the store and gave the clerk a small bag of marijuana, it appears, in exchange for some cigarillas and a few other items. And so then it shows the clerk bagging these items for Brown and placed them under the counter. Well, we didn't see that video. What we saw was one that appeared like Brown was robbing the store because he goes back in and the clerk gives him that bag. But there was no sign of violence, no appearance of a robbery. And so all of this is clearly seen on the video. Never did they release that. You know, and the St. Louis attorney who represents that convenience store and its employees said that the first video was not released because it wasn't relevant. And I'm thinking, how can it not be relevant when a man received an immediate death sentence for the events that occurred that led to Officer Darren Wilson shooting him, who, you know, wasn't indicted for the crime, although he did resign. So Brown's family is pursuing a civil suit for wrongful death. But I'm like, these folks are slick. Yes, indeed. As you said, this provides a very interesting perspective on a case that, you know, we have been talking about for several years now. And it's interesting that you said that that, uh, there was talk that this video was not relevant. But I agree with you because these were events that precipitated Michael Brown's death. So, how, like you said, how can they not be relevant? So, you know, according to Mr. Pollock, they're saying that he says that this shows that it didn't really, the video, this didn't really show what actually happened based on what we've seen so far. So, you know, this destroys, according to him, Michael Brown's character. And not that, you know, the, the exchange of marijuana is, of course, ethical by any sense of the word, but. Well, it depends on what state you're in. Yeah, that is. You true. know, that is, and, and it's not the distance. I mean, you don't get right. it, you know. Yeah, I mean, there, there was clearly an, ex, an exchange of of goods per se, and we'll just you put that in air quotes. But you know, based on this new information, there was no need for Michael Brown to have lost his life in the hands of a police officer. So, I'm interested to see uh, how this is going to play out, and I'm really intrigued to know what the rest of our listeners have to say about this new revelation and this new video that has come out on the Michael Brown case. You know, that's a good point. So, again, if you have some opinions or thoughts about this new revelation in the Michael Brown case, you can call us at 865-409-1170 or post your comments under the story that will be posted on our social media site today. I want to talk about, even though it's almost redundant, is that there is hate and hate crimes are still spreading across our country. And recently read where a man who is white 
is facing a hate crime charge after allegedly shouting the N-word and then smashing a bottle over an African-American security guard at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Now, my first thought is, this is a public place, right? So, again, the gall of people, the boldness of people to think they can get away with this is crazy. I don't care what era we're in. I don't care who our president is. For us normal, everyday folk, that's not going to fly. You know, and then there was another story, and what disturbs me about this is we're seeing it more and more among our young people, which we well, let me we stop have you right a, there. Okay, I'm stopped because <laughs> okay, <laughs> because I, I was I'm picking my jaw up off of the floor as we speak uh, because you mentioned that this happened at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and mm-hmm. for something like that to happen at a place that is supposed to be an icon of American culture, uh, evident of class and breeding and education, you know, for someone to disrespect someone else of another ethnic group and maim and injure someone at a place like that speaks to the level of cooth and education of someone who would do such a thing. Because you would not imagine that, you know, something like that would happen at a museum. You know, people go to the museum to be cultured, to be educated, you know, to find out some things that they may not have learned beforehand. But I don't know. This calls into question not only the the class and the breeding of the, the guy who committed such an act, but I would even venture to say his mental stability. And I'm just going well, to you better that. say it, Professor Jay. Why <laughs> you put those words together? Well, let me see what words you have for this. Because there was another account at North Cobb High School. And let me see where this is. North Cobb High School in Georgia. And a student allegedly made a racist remark, or several remarks actually, and they were captured on video, posted to social media, you know, the great social media. And originally right. it started on Snapchat, but you know, there were some parents, nosy like myself, who captured the video. And so I just, let me put a pin in that to, to let the young people know that all of us are uh, technologically disadvantaged. You know what I mean? Some of us know how to get in there and get what we need. But anyway, they, they captured it from parents. Mm-hmm. And the student, who posted the things was talking about the desire to bring back slavery. And I've heard that more than I like to in, in the most recent uh, couple of years, I would say, but also expressing an admiration for the person who assassinated Abraham Lincoln. And then there was a desire to exterminate all the N-word. So uh, the district hasn't commented on whether the student in question was punished. But the parent who posted the video said that the student was suspended for three days because of the comment. So I don't know if that's sufficient consequence or not. Um, at least they did something. But that's three just, yeah, three days. But that's just letting you know, you know, because at this point, this child was in a high school. So they know the impact of social media. They know right. when you put something on social media, that means it's going out to society. So, with in my opinion, with the quickness, right, that they weren't afraid to share those opinions. And again, 
this boldness of hate and just freely wanting to share, you know, and I don't know, there's always debate, would you rather know up front or would it remain hidden? But I'm just telling you, I'm a little scared about the number of stories that we have where these hate crimes are related to our young people. Right, right. And I was sitting over here thinking, I said, okay, three days is hardly sufficient. But, you know, that's the African-American male teacher in me speaking. And mm-hmm. part of me wants to say that perhaps the students should be expelled. And I know that may be a bit extreme, and I'm pretty sure that there may be some listeners who may not agree with me, and that's fine. You're more than welcome to disagree with me. You know, I think that's uh, a part of being a human being. You know, we all have our respective opinions, so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. I had to re uh, recant that for a minute and, and take that back because I was thinking, okay, this is a young person who was in high, who's in high school, and if this individual uh, is, you know, expelled from the school or the school district or whatever and is, you know, left to be homeschooled, then that wouldn't even be sufficient either because I would venture to say that at the high school age, if a student has a mindset of that caliber, then it's something that has been ingrained in him or her throughout that child's upbringing. So no mm-hmm. doubt that's something that that the child has heard at home, uh, whether overtly or covertly. Uh, mm-hmm. So I mean, it's, it's very disturbing, to say the least, whether it's from the child's perspective or even if we were to look at it from the adult perspective. And that also, like you said, speaks volumes to the fact that parents aren't really monitoring their child's social media accounts or uh, on the same line or in the same vein, perhaps the parents are well aware of what their child is posting and may indeed be in support of what this child is putting on Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and whatever else the kids are doing nowadays. But, right. Again, needless to say, it's disturbing nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of disturbing, that was a perfect segue into the next couple of things I want to talk about trending in the news, which are related to the obviously misinformed statements from Trump's shop about, number one, slaves being immigrants, and the other point that HBCU starting at schools of choice. So, Let's think now back to, and I wasn't there, but from all accounts, slaves were not immigrants. When we look at the definition of an immigrant, they come willingly looking for a better life. Right. So, and and that's that simple. Like, you don't need to read any more into it than that. So that alone says that slaves were not immigrants. But yet you have, oh, my gosh, I got so many names in my head. I want to call Uncle Ben. But you got call him. Call him, call him. <laughs> Who had the gall to make that statement publicly. And I think, I, I mean, I, I don't know if years of being a brain surgeon took a toll on him mentally or not. Or if he's brainwashed, I don't know if you've seen Get Out, but maybe he 
for those who've seen it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But maybe he's been to that location and had some tampering with in his mind. And then we're going to look at HBCUs starting at Schools of Choice. Uh, no, we weren't allowed into schools of our choice. But being as resilient as we are as an African-American people, we start our own school. But it's by no way. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. So on the, on the HBCUs as schools of choice, and I put those, I put that in air quotes, it was because we had no choice. Exactly. It, it, it wasn't like we could step up to Harvard and say, hey, I'm here. I'm enrolling. No, Betsy, sorry, chick. That, 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 that is not quite how it works. Just because, you know, you grew up privileged and you were able to throw millions of dollars here and there and send your children wherever they wanted to go. I can't say the same for, uh, those who went to uh, Morehouse or to Spelman or to Knoxville College or to Lemoyne Owen, uh, or other various historically black colleges and universities. That's not how that works. That's not how any of that works. So, you know, you can pull the whole alternative facts card if you want to, but history is history. And, 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 and let's deal with Uncle Ben. Let's just mm-hmm. say that um, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you that perhaps his years of being a brain surgeon have caught up with him. You know, <laughs> there's, there's a saying that says you can have so much book sense that you lose all common sense. And I mm-hmm. think that, that that's the case for Dr. Carson. And mm-hmm. I'm looking for my copy of Gifted Hands even as we speak. I don't know where I put it. I've, I've not seen it since high school, but I know it's in my residence somewhere in one of these boxes, and I'm going to find it. And mm-hmm. I'm going to put it, you know, as far as the East is from the West because uh, I, I think that he has torn his draws, as my mama would say, with a lot <laughs> of Americans when he made that statement because, mm-hmm. you know, we held him in such high esteem for being such a, world-renowned surgeon and uh, doing what he has done in the medical profession. And then he goes completely to the left and makes this old awkward tailed statement. And please know that I have edited my words very severely. Uh, <laughs> where, where he says that he's immigrant. Now, right. you know, I, I, can, I, I can say that I've had the opportunity to hear him speak in person in Houston, Texas a couple of years ago. He was supposed to be uh, the guest speaker, and he was supposed to have words for a few minutes in a Sunday morning service, but he ended up preaching an entire message, and the saints were sitting there looking at him like, sir, really, did you really come here to do this? You were only supposed to greet the people and (laughs) go on your merry way. But no, you have preached a whole message and given us your whole life story, so have several seats. So I think that he has gotten up from the seat that we bid him to have a couple of years ago when I heard him speak in person. So we're looking for the nearest usher or usher, whichever, you know, term may be applicable. You, know. you are cracking me up. SAS's and the 
the, the <laughs> thick white stockings and the white dresses and the white gloves and the little red cross hat to go bid him to his seat with a cup of water because he's clearly out of his mind. But right. <laughs> again, as, you know, you and Pam and I have said before, uh, as we're getting ready for this week's show, you know, when you hire a ringmaster like Donald Trump, you know, you've got, you got to expect a circus. So this is the latest act in the circus that is uh, Trump. So, yeah. By bed, hey. by Ben. Deuces. Holla at y'all. Well, uh, Professor Jay, I know we say you know it all, and you have definitely said it all. So with that, I can't wait to hear what you have to say next week. And as always, you know I'm going to what? Say? Yeah. Well, now I have P.I. Pam, our top investigator, but y'all know she's most often the instigator. But she's <laughs> here to cover a couple of stories today in the Crazy Chronicles. So, Pam, the first story we're going to talk about is this woman out of Chicago named Yasmin Eldon. She's been charged with first-degree murder and is being held under a million-dollar bond for forcing her boyfriend to drink bleach during a fight. So when I read the headlines, I was thinking, how in the world did she manage to do that? And the report says that (laughs) she grabbed his hair because it's locked. So she grabbed his hair, pinned him down with her knees, and poured bleach on his face, which obviously went into his mouth and everything. And the report also said that the first responders found a man his name was Ellis, unconscious on the pavement. So we know pavement is outside, right? Right. So I don't know if the fight started outside or inside, but they found him outside on the pavement. And then, of course, he was uh, pronounced dead at the hospital about an hour after the incident. And I was thinking, I've heard of some crazy stuff. But that's crazy. But, For once, she was able to pin him down, a grown man, and pour bleach on him. Even if he would have survived... He would have been blind and crippled and crazy. Because you can pour bleach on people's face and expect them to live. And then on the video, she's laughing like it wasn't nothing. I think she was a little bit touched. And I don't mean by an angel either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she's going to have a lot of time to think about it. Because a million-dollar bond means they're expecting some serious time. And, of course, first-degree murder. Yeah, she she's gonna have plenty of time. Well, That's so, so crazy. Mm-hmm. And my next story is out of the Crazy Chronicles is about South Mountain Elementary School in New Jersey. And you know, okay, so when you go to a parent conferences, sometimes they're gonna have school projects or student work out on display. You know, they're gonna make it look good and everything. Right. Well, parents were not impressed by the project that called for students to create these slave option posters. Keep in mind, I said South Mountain Elementary School. And you can actually see some examples of the projects that the kids created on my webpage. And I'm going to stop right there to say, I just can't imagine my child coming home and saying, oh, you know, I had this project to do. Will you help me? Sure. What you got to do? I got to create a slave option poster, huh? What? So anyway, the well, school you don't have to worry about that because <laughs> you know, Tylen, Mr. Tylen himself, it would not have done that anyways. 
Yes. Well, I mean, he tries to be a rule follower, but I think he would have had some words to say about that. You might be right. He wouldn't, he wouldn't need a full description, AP, like in APA formation. <laughs> I, need, I need to know why, who, what, when, why, why, why we're doing this, and what kind, what slave you talking about, and Oh, bless his heart. You know he was that is your child. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, the school and the superintendent stated that, quote, it was important for schools not to skip over the more painful aspects of American history. And they also said that they needed to do a better job of acknowledging the uglier parts of our past so that children get the full story. And, I mean, I can agree a little bit, but as you can imagine, some of the parents aren't buying that because we agree, I think most people do, that children should learn more of our history. You know, I think that traditionally the textbooks and the curriculum kind of pick and choose some pieces and really don't paint a full story so kids become misinformed or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, But parents also didn't think that their children should participate like in a reenactment, and they also felt it was shameful and disrespectful to the black kids in the school. One parent said that he was disturbed that the elementary students were asked to put themselves in the, quote, virtual shoes of people who subjugated others. And, again, it would be good for the listeners to weigh in on this. And we're curious about your thoughts on this slave poster assignment because, obviously, you know how we feel because it landed in the crazy chronicle. You know, it's one of those where they do that at stories. But, you know, maybe you have a different opinion about how students learn and retain information taught to them in school, particularly as it relates to our history, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky situation because, of course, we will feel differently about it than people of other races. That's just, right. that's just how it is. So even if right. they try to show empathy, they really they really just don't get it. Right. You no. Know? Right. And you can tell that they, by their response. Right. That they, didn't they get just get it. See nothing, they just see nothing wrong with it. You know, they think we should just accept that it's over, just, just get over it and and move on. But it's really not that simple when it's thrown in your face. And then when you look at things now, that we haven't really progressed any, really. Really. Yeah. Because we have well, so many things happening. You're right. And earlier in the show, we talked about some hate crimes and some things going on with our youth. And I think, not that I think the assignment was of good taste regardless, but for elementary students to create slave, I don't know. That just, like you would say often, it doesn't seem like they thought that through too well. I didn't but, think it through too well. Mm-mm, mm-mm. But some of them don't think it was a bad idea. I don't know. But they're supposed to be having a meeting about the assignment. And I think one of the school officials said they they don't think they'll do it again next year. I don't think so either. (laughs) I would love to be a fly on that wall. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, Pam, that's all I have for the Crazy Chronicles this week. And can't wait to see what people do next week so we can talk about it. And, of course, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. And I can't wait to tell it. I would like to remind you that I am also the founder of the Village of Knox. 
The Village of Knox is a unifying concept designed to promote the valuable integration of love and leadership, all gathering exuberantly. The mission of the village is to organize opportunities to educate, encourage, and empower the community. As a villager, we commit to being a positive presence in the community. For more information on the Village of Knox, visit www.thevillageofknox.com. I'm excited to share that tickets are now on sale for the award-winning production of Ferguson the Musical, which will be making a tour stop in Knoxville for one night only. The play will be at the Austin East Magnet High School Performing Arts Auditorium. And to my knowledge, it will be the first time that a play of this magnitude has been presented in the heart of the inner city. Ferguson the Musical is based off the film 12 Angry Men, and it's intended to engage the community through a powerful production that introduces the varying perspectives of African-American males through the lens of 12 jurors as they deliberate over a trial centered around the shooting of an unarmed black male at the hands of law enforcement. There will be an open mic dialogue at the end of the show. Again, visit www.thevillageofknots.com for more information. Tickets can be purchased on Eventbrite or at the Beck Cultural Exchange Center. I encourage you to visit Ferguson the Musical Knoxville event page on Facebook for scenes from the play, powerful videos, testimonials, and things that will surely encourage you to get your tickets today. We discuss many topics on Talking With T, and if you would like to share your thoughts or opinions, call area code 865-409-1170. Again, that's 865-409-1170. We would love to hear from you. We want to celebrate T's top teens and hometown heroes, so if you would like to make a nomination, visit www.talkingwitht.com. I also want to continue to spotlight local or rising artists. Well, once again, we've come to the end. But stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com and following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Remember, you can listen to Talking With T anytime on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Google Music. New shows will continue to drop each Monday. In the meantime and in between time, subscribe to Talking With T Daily to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, therefore, is not an act, but a habit. Aristotle. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace till next week. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.